Hey everybody, this is Luke with The Way Podcast and 5-2 Ministries, jumping on real quick to jump into the Word of God in John chapter 4 and discuss a little bit about trauma and what we can learn about the story of the Samaritan woman um, as she meets Jesus and as Jesus ministers to her and how that can speak towards us and our trauma. But I also want to hit real quick just on some simple Bible study tools as we look at this scripture. And so a lot of times when we read the Bible, it can seem overwhelming. And there are areas of scripture, and as we read the Bible, that we'll find uh, context is very important. And maybe there's some historical context that um, is or may or may not be explicitly in the Bible. And so how can we read it on a daily basis and, and not be overwhelmed or not be confused? And one way is just continue to read and study. And the more that we read and study, the more that it starts to make sense. But one thing that you can do is just make observations. And so as you're reading the Bible, just write down some things that stick out to you. And then you can go back on those things after you're done reading a chapter or a section of scripture. And you could see, as I kept reading, did any of those questions get answered? And maybe are some of those questions things that I could look up and might add uh, context to um, what I'm reading. So for an example, in John chapter 4, Jesus is heading to Samaria, um, and he doesn't have to go through Samaria, but he's choosing to. And in his journey, in verse 7, he runs across a Samaritan woman. And it says, a woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. So if we just stop there, what are some things that we can observe? Well, we can observe that Jesus is talking to a woman. Um, we could write that down. We could write down that he's talking to a woman from Samaria. We could write that down. Um, she's coming to draw water. We could write that down. Um, Jesus uh, asked her for a drink. So Jesus is is interacting with her. Then we find out that Jesus' is, his disciples aren't there, so he's alone. So if we wrote those things down, we'll see as we keep reading this that all of those are actually kind of important things for this scripture. And so we can see how these will get answered as we continue to read. So verse 9, he says, The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a, a woman of Samaria? So that sounds kind of odd, right? She's um, drawing this distinction between Jews and Samaritans. And, and she brings attention to the fact that she's a woman. And then it says at the end of verse 9, For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. So right there, we could see that some of our observations have already been answered. That one... Um, her being a Samaritan has significance. Why does it have significance? Because Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Now, why is that true? Now, that's not all explicitly stated in, in this scripture. So, one really easy tool that I'll use sometimes, I encourage people to use, is if you run across something like this, um, you can use Google. Now, don't just Google anything because you can get some weird things that come up, but there's a site called gotquestions.org. And it has some great, simple answers to questions like this. So if you typed in, who were the Samaritans on gotquestions.org, it would, it would bring up a deal. You could read it and it'd tell you. Or if you, probably if you typed in, what, uh, why do Jews and Samaritans not like each other? That would also probably come up on gotquestions.org. So as you make these observations, you can start to, to see what is the text answer and what are maybe some things that I could look at gotquestions.org that would give me some uh, context around what I'm reading. So verse 10, he says, Jesus answered her, 
If you knew the gift of God and who it is that that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and that he would give he would have given you living water. So now we see another observation that's been answered of this woman is coming to draw water. Now this is significant because Jesus is going to contrast physical water and living water. He's going to use this as an example. So this has some significance. Verse 11, the woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep. And where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He has he gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. And Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, talking about the well. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Okay, so now now if we look at this, a couple observations is that Jesus is trying to explain something that isn't physical. He's trying to explain a, a type of water that springs up into us, wells up in us to eternal life. But what is she thinking about? She's thinking about, Jesus, you should give me this water so that I don't thirst again and I don't have to come back to the well. So Jesus, an observation is Jesus is speaking spiritually she is continuing to speak physically. And what has she been concerned about the whole time has been the physical. You're a Jew, I'm a Samaritan, you're a man, I'm a woman. And again, context, um, and if you looked this up, you, you know, this would come across as well, but that men and women, you know, had very different statuses during the time of Jesus. And women were not often taught um, they weren't interacted with with men, especially on an individual basis, and especially to be taught spiritual things. So Jesus is crossing social norms here. We could ask, why are these details in there? Well, Jesus is crossing the social norm of Jews and Samaritans, and he's crossing the social norm of a man teaching a woman about spiritual things. So this is very um, odd for the people in the time. Now, verse 16, he says, Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. So if we stop there real quick, this woman was very traumatized. She was very traumatized. And how do I know that? Well, she has had five husbands, and the man she's with is not her husband. And so if you've been divorced five times, um, and if you've experienced divorce or someone in your family has been divorced, or if you've just experienced a bad breakup, you would know that if you do that five times, especially divorce, um, there's going to be some major trauma, um, major trauma there. Either you are a very critical person and unforgiving, or you've been rejected and outcast and Again, if you looked up Jewish culture for divorce on gotquestions.com um, or .org, you would find that most of the time the man was the one rejecting the woman, um, throwing his, his wife out, and they could write a certificate of divorce. And so most likely this woman would be very rejected. Now, we're not going to break down all this scripture, but I want to see how just these simple observations we've made so far are really going to help us understand the second half of this this scripture. We see that Jesus is in Samaria. Samaritans and Jews don't get along. Jesus is challenging that social norm. He's also challenging that men and women, or men don't teach women, let alone um, about spiritual things. 
On top of that, we would see that this woman would be probably an outcast because she has been married five times. She's very hurt. She's um, by herself. And so Jesus is now not only teaching a Samaritan woman, but a Samaritan woman who has been um, divorced five times. So we see just the type of person that Jesus is talking with and the type of person who has a lot of baggage, who probably has major trust issues and a lot of trauma. And this is what he says, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, he who is called the Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. And then his disciples came back and they marveled that he was talking with a woman. So here we see that context, right? They're marveling that he's talking with a woman. But no one said, what do you seek? Or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water and went away into the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were coming to him. And so meanwhile, Jesus talks with the, um, with the disciples, but I'm going to skip that right now just for the purpose of um, looking at some of these observations. Now, verse 39, it says, Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He, and this is what the woman says, He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe. For we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. So we see that this woman is very traumatized and uh, from her divorces, we can assume. And even if she's not specifically, quote-unquote, traumatized, um, she's got some major baggage. You just know that that would be the case from someone who has been um, divorced five times. But God, Jesus speaks living water. He speaks through the Spirit. He speaks through the power of the gospel. And she has an interaction with Jesus that ultimately changes her life. He, she didn't have to go through a 12-step program with Jesus before she was impacted, before she went and told everybody. And think about this. Uh, a woman in Samaria, Samaria, so she's not high in the social class, not someone who would be listened to when it comes to spiritual matters. But she is so impacted by Christ that she is able to convince many Samaritans to come out and talk with Jesus. And through that, not only did they believe what she had to say, but then they ended up believing on Christ because they heard him for themselves. So Jesus uses this woman for a very, very powerful ministry. And she's like the absolute least likely person who would be able to accomplish this feat. If you went to Samaria and you said, I want to start a revival, you wouldn't pick a low-class woman who's been divorced five times. That wouldn't be who you'd pick. But Jesus because of who he is and what his love can do, what the power of his word, the power of his gospel can do, chooses this woman so that he is the one who gets the glory, that they come and they do want to confirm what she says with Jesus, and they confirm it and they find it to be true. So this is where we're moving a little bit from context to trauma. And I just want to close with an encouragement here, is that Jesus, when he impacts us with the gospel, I'm not saying all of the triggers and all of the process of healing gets taken care of, but we also 
I think can really underestimate that when we truly receive the living water from Christ and we get our eyes off the physical, because this woman had to move from thinking about how can I satisfy my my physical thirst to how can I satisfy my spiritual thirst? And when she changed her lens, all of a sudden it made sense. It was like a revelation of, aha, that totally makes sense. And she was then able to carry out the ministry and probably the healing that God had for her. And so we don't know what happened to her from this point on. And maybe she still struggled with unforgiveness. Maybe she still struggled with bitterness. But my assumption could be from the scripture is that she, um, was really a new person that the Bible right before John four is John three. And he talks about being born again. And so when we encounter Christ and Jesus touches our spirit, that we become a new person. And so there's a, a very fine line of, um, receiving the power of the gospel and really believing that changes us. And then there's a process in the Bible called sanctification where we continue to learn how to become more like Jesus. That's true of everyone, whether you're traumatized or not. And so with trauma, you may have some different issues that you need to grow through and work through, but it's really not a whole lot different than any other issues that people have to deal with. Now, it can feel different and, you know, in a physical way, yeah, it may be um, tougher and there may be physical symptoms, anxiety, depression, and things that go in there, which... I'm very sensitive to because I've gone through that myself and there was specific help and and encouragement that I needed. But point being is that as much as I needed to deal with that issue, it was just another hurdle in my sanctification process. And so I think that we can idolize and make anxiety, depression, trauma, these extra huge mountains to climb. And they are huge mountains to climb, but sin is a huge mountain to climb. And death is a huge mountain to climb. And all those things are conquerable in Christ Jesus. And so in this scripture, Jesus had to get her to move from thinking about the physical to the spiritual. And he does that through spending time with him. He does that through his word. And so my encouragement to you, if you're move, you're struggling with trauma, is to really allow the word of God to move you from the physical to the spiritual. And that's why I wanted to break down just Real simple today, but just a simple way to just make some observations. You saw those observations we made in those first couple of scriptures. A lot of those got answered as we continue to read. And some of those, yeah, write them down if they're not answered as you continue to read. Jump on gotquestions.org and, and type in some of those and see see what would come up and if that can give you some more context to um you know, things like Samaritans and stuff that can that can be confusing if we're reading the Bible for the first time. So I hope this is helpful for you. Um, as always, you can reach out to www.5tministries.org. We'd love to help you read your Bible, get deeper in the scriptures, and walk alongside you in discipleship. So God bless you. Um, thank you for listening. And I pray that your um, personal study of the Bible would be fruitful um, as you follow Christ.